This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Along with Mr. Ty, Brian, the good vibes, and Jake, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Hope you had a fabulous Tuesday. Hope, as I was checking out Carlin, hope you folks are getting your Thanksgiving dinner together. Turkey is taking a hit. <laughs> folks, I saw some turkey overrated. I saw a number of things over there. So hopefully whatever you decide to eat, that you will uh, have a good time with that. And hopefully you have a small amount of family coming, if at all. And maybe you have to rethink how you share that family this year with the numbers going up with COVID. And maybe you have to Zoom your dinners or leave them on the, on the, on the table outside that you come pick up. But I'm sure everybody will do the right thing and hopefully have a very, very happy Thanksgiving. All right, you know what we do. Let's go to work. We begin with the New York football giants. And it's an interesting scenario. And the interesting scenario is that you you are a three-win team. Now, normally, as a three-win team in the division, you're thinking, okay, we're looking at next year. We don't want to win too many games. You know, you're kind of following what the Jet fans are going through, right? Where they're hoping that nobody messes up. Like, they're torn, right, Giant fans? Like, the Jet fan is torn because they want the number one pick, but they also don't really want to be winless because you don't want that stuck on the team that you root for. But you as a Giant fan, you're in a different position. You've got three wins. And normally, you'd be saying, you know what, let's, let's, we'll see what we have. Let's play out the string. We'll see if Daniel Jones is really the quarterback, or maybe we need to get a quarterback. But no. Everybody else in your division's got three wins too. So right now, this Sunday, when you travel to Cincinnati to face the Bengals without Joe Murrow, right? Without Burrow, you are three and seven. But to say that you should win this, to say that this is a winnable game, this was a winnable game before. Now that there's no Joe Burrow, this is definitely a winnable game. And if you win, you're obviously you're right there in the division and you're sitting a game back in the loss column. Now, Thanksgiving, what are you doing? You're Washington, you're watching Washington and Dallas because everybody watches Washington and Dallas because they don't really want to see what the Detroit Lions are doing. But you will especially be looking at this game because you have the tiebreaker over Washington. You've beaten them twice. So you, right now, you want them to come in and throw the book at Andy Dalton and the Cowboys. Because, really, this Cowboys team with Dalton back and playing the way he did this week would lead you to believe that they are ready to make a run. Will it be enough? I don't know. Will their defense hold up? I don't know. But offensively, with him back, they could go on a little run that could put you in the situation where it's the showdown at the end of the season, right? When you face the Cowboys for the division. It could be that way. So for you, you want to continue to win. You want Washington to beat the Cowboys for you. And then, because they've beaten you, and then you will hopefully handle your business at the end of the season. The Eagles right now, you split with them. But I got to be honest with you, and we joke about 
Michael Cage producer, Andrew Gundling, who we know is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And we joke with him, but this has got to be pretty painful. The Eagles really should have taken the division, put a stranglehold on this division while Dalton was out. They have the talent. They arguably had the best quarterback in the division when Dak Prescott went down. Okay. So you already had the best quarterback in the division, but they didn't take advantage of it. They have looked awful, awful. But your quarterback, Daniel Jones, is playing arguably his best football as a pro, especially from the turnover standpoint. Here's some numbers. Through 21 games, Jones had 20 games with at least one turnover and 12 with at least two turnovers. And they cost you games. They cost you games early of this season. You can go back. You can look at the Dallas game. You can look at, at the losses you had. In those losses, all right, even the, even the one you split with Philly, turnovers cost you games. But in the last two wins that the Giants have, he hasn't turned the football over. Your defense is playing much better. You've got not you've gotten not necessarily a pass rush, but your pressures on the quarterback have increased. Leonard Williams doing a great job with along with that front of pressuring the quarterback. And in doing so, your secondary is playing better because they don't have to defend receivers as long as they did earlier. Now I will admit to you that saying that, ooh, Daniel Jones is great now that he hasn't turned the football over, is not exciting. It's kind of what you expect from your quarterback, right? Any really, really talented quarterback, any really great quarterback keeps the turnovers to a minimum. Nobody is perfect, not even the GOAT, Tom Brady, as we saw last night. Nobody is perfect. There are times when even the great ones throw picks. Russell Wilson is having a tremendous season. Went through a, a series of games where he's turned the football over. So nobody is saying that Daniel Jones has to be perfect. But what we are saying is when he does keep the turnovers down, it makes it easier for this giant team to win. It makes it easier for this giant team to compete. It makes it easier for this Giants team to have a chance to Guess what? Win the division. And let's not have any jokes. There's no wild card coming out of the NFC East, right? (laughs) The winner is probably going to go with a losing record. And get this. We'll have a home playoff game with a losing record. We'll have a home playoff game. Can you imagine Russell Wilson traveling across the country (laughs) to play the Giants? Because... They have a losing record, but because they won the division, they have a home playoff game. Well, listen, that's the rules of the NFL. So, you know, so be it. But that's the scenario you're looking at. So we thought in our pregame meeting for the Giant fans, here's your Twitter poll question tonight. At 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. What's most important to the Giants this year? Is it to make the playoffs or is it to get a great draft pick? For those of you who have called me and said, 
I'm done with Daniel Jones. He's not a franchise quarterback. I want them to lose because I want him out of here. For those of you who said to me, Dave Gettleman, I wish he'd retire. The game's passed him by. I, I, I just get him out of here. I'm done. What do you think is important to the Giants this year? Because we may, ha- if they go on a run and they win this division, and I'm not saying that means that they're a great football team, but it means that they did something that they took advantage of a weak division where everybody was screwed up. It doesn't mean that, okay, we, there's, we're the perfect team, but it does mean if they're able to make the playoffs, that they're a franchise that is going in the right direction, that even in a situation like this, they were able to persevere and they were able to right the ship and they were able to turn things around and possibly win the division. Or maybe you'll say, you know what? I, I, I don't want to get into the postseason and then go. I don't want to be one and done in the postseason. I want a long run. I want to be able to, when we get to the postseason, to at least get to the conference championship. That's what I want. Well, I want to hear what you think. ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. What's most important to the Giants this year? Is it to make the playoffs or is it to get a great pick? Kwashi's in the cab. Kwashi, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Quasi. Turn the radio off in the cab. All right, we'll come back to him. Let's go to Spike in Jersey. Hey, Spike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, my friend. I'm glad I could get you because we're celebrating Thanksgiving tomorrow because it's just the three of us and uh, Christopher's uh, working Thanksgiving, you know, police. Now, hold on, Spike. uh, I got it. I got to ask you a question, Spike. What are you guys doing? I got to ask you a question, Spike. (laughs) I got to ask you a question. Yeah. Spike, what's this I hear? Ben. That you have a Latrell Sprewell shirt on at your wedding. Yeah, I sent the picture to Michael today. You want me to send it to you? I got to see it. Oh, I got married. I got Susan's here now. I got married in the Latrell Sprewell jersey and shorts in Santa Bell Island. Susan uh, and Christopher was about, how old was Chris, seven? Ten. Ten. He was ten we got married. Yeah, he's wearing his free. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Right after, uh, right after I get off with you, I'll send it to you. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, Kay, Kay was, uh, what happened is after the kid was interviewed, Tobin, mm-hmm. and uh, he said his favorite player was Sprewell. Mm. So Michael puts me right, well, it's Nick, she uses me, you know, like Ira with the Jets, you know, and he puts me right, he says, well, what do you think? I said, well, his favorite player was Sprewell, I was married in the Sprewell jersey, and he went, come on, man, I sent him pictures, and Don knew, knows, you know, uh-huh. I've been out with Don, so he knows, and mm-hmm. uh, and the whole thing, and then they busted my chops about my wife, you know, saying, you know, I'll kick your coverage like you did, you know. Oh, please. So, so yeah, he shot it all over the place, I got, you know, everyone's comment, I've got 200 comments on it. Look at that. Things. You're yeah, no, it's good stuff. I love Sprewell. <laughs> and, and it's funny because Bill, when Bill Daughtry and I talk, he always says this about Sprewell. We're comparing J.R. Smith to Sprewell. Their body types are kind of, we're kind of similar, wiry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bill always said this to me. Sprewell was creative and relentless on the floor. 
JR would take days off. It's true. <laughs> Am I it's right? True. You were embedded it's with true. that team. It's true. And, and, and you know what? And, and people don't talk about athlete than, than Spreewell, you know? And you know what, Spike? People don't talk about it, but Spreewell was a dogged defender, too. He didn't play just one side of the floor. Spreewell, Spreewell will have to live, and I've met him a number of times, and I'm sure you know him real well. But Spreewell, unfortunately, will be remembered for the wrong thing, you yeah. know, out in yeah. Golden State. That's, that's yeah. a bad rap. The guy played hard, he played defense, he was tireless. He developed a nice mid-range shot, and he could really defend. Mm-hmm. Those teams were fun. They weren't the most talented team, but you couldn't outplay those teams. But anyway, I wanted to make a Daniel Jones comment real fast. If you look at the NFC East, and I'll send you the pictures after I get up, uh, the NFC East looks like a bingo card. <laughs> They're all threes. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. You know, they look like, you know, whatever the letters under the threes, you know. And it, 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 I think the Giants have the best shot because, um, look, look, Philly looks like they're finished to me. The quarterback mm-hmm. has lost his confidence. Washington, you don't know. You're back and forth. I'm kind of pulling for the kid, you know. Anyone comes back from that. And Dallas, I just can't like. Yeah, so, okay. You know, I think I think Daniel Jones is fine. I think the Giants are fine. I mean, you're forgetting that Barkley's out. I, I would like to see the Giants. It's unfortunate if they wind up uh, six or seven and whatever and make the playoffs and play Seattle. Who knows? You never know how things are. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you sure. still haven't made a final decision on the meal? For when? For, for Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, listen, that, that's, listen, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, but you're keeping it a uh, tight group. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm yes, imagining, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, yes. you be well. I'll shoot you over the pictures, and uh, if I don't get a chance to speak to you, eat heartily and be careful. That's all that matters this year. I will do both, I promise. P- pictures are on their way. Sounds good. All right, Bye-bye. Spike. Thanks for checking in. 1-800-919-3776. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Here's the point about the Giants. You asked a question... Which is more important, the division or the draft pick? It's neither. What was the goal? of the, the goal of this team was to play meaningful games in December, and that's what they're doing. This is a much better team than it was in, from the beginning of the season. This, this, the offensive line is better. The defensive line is better. This team fights hard from... 60 minutes a game. Now, the division would be gravy if we win. I'll take it. But the most important thing, be ready. We're done already. All right, Bruce. I I hear that. But let me ask you this. Uh, as, As also our resident general manager, does the goal change during the season as your outlook changes with the team? In other words, now that the team, the goal originally, and I agree with you, was to play meaningful games in December. But now that you are where you are, don't you don't settle for that, right? You want to continue to work hard and possibly get there, no? Yeah. The goal is to play 60 minutes of football, to, um, to listen to what the coach is telling you, and to fight hard in every single play. If, if we win the division, again, I say that's fine. And I'm, not gonna, and I'm sure Joe Judge won't refuse it. I'm sure the, uh, uh, John Marin won't refuse it. But if you ever listen to, to Judge's press conference and they bring up the division, 
I'm not looking at division records. I'm looking at the effort, the team. He has changed the team culture. Of course, he had to have a five-point offensive line coach, but mm-hmm. that's a separate issue. Mm-hmm. Um, the offensive line is better, and you look, you look at this team compared to the last two or three years. This is a far different team. This yep. is a far different team than 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 the opening game against Pittsburgh. In fact, yep. I will t- tell you that if we play Pittsburgh now, we would beat Pittsburgh now. Interesting. Uh, you, you would give them a better run than you gave them? I'm not sure, though, Bruce, because I have a lot of respect for, for what – because remember, when you faced him in week one, you were facing a rusty Ben Roethlisberger. You no, got a Ben Roethlisberger. What, what, what I mean to say is if, if the same conditions arrived and we had the same chances and we had mm-hmm. the lead, we would keep the lead. Now, obviously, okay. Pittsburgh's a much better team now than it was. Mm-hmm. I, I, I grant you that. Mm-hmm. But, but you, look, you look, at, look at this team. You can't no, I agree with you. What? They're better. They're much I better. Agree. But, but it's not only they're better, the effort is better. Mm-hmm. There's a team concept now. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, compare this team to the Jets, there's absolutely no comparison. There is no for comparison. For a while, the Giants and Jets almost had the same record. But yeah, but now, even then, Bruce, but you know what? Even then, they weren't comparable. <laughs> the records were comparable, but you were seeing a better... The Giants, and, and thanks for the phone call, Bruce. Always good talking to you. The Giants from week two looked like a better coach team than the Jets did. From week two. From week two. And remember, this is year two of Adam Gase's tenure with the Jets. This was game two of Joe Judge's tenure with the Giants. And there was no there was no comparison. No comparison. They, they looked prepared. They looked disciplined. Now, they had some mistakes, but, you know, that's what happens when you have a new coach. And it would be real interesting to see how this giant team would have fared had they had, and nobody did, but I'm just curious, if they had a full regular season with a regular offseason where the head coach gets an extra camp because he's new, it would have been interesting to see how that would have affected this Giants team by how you see them playing right now. Because they, they, they're they a much better team. And even when they lost, they were a better coach team. So, and yes, I, I know what Joe Judge says. Remember, he's from the Belichick tree. And Eric Mangini said the same thing when he was coaching the Jets when I was covering them during his tenure. And, and I, I get it. And, you know, during that time, I spoke to Bill Belichick twice a year for all the years, <laughs> and sometimes three times a year if we had to play, if, if, if the Jets had to play New England in the postseason. And it's the same. It's they don't look at the record, they look at the effort, they focus on what they could control. So when, when Joe Judge says that, I know exactly what he's talking about, Bruce, because I've heard it before. And he's right. And that's what he trains his players to do. You don't look at the scoreboard. You control what you do. You play hard. You you understand your assignment. You don't do anything else but what we ask you to do. You don't try to do anybody else's job. You don't try to help. You do what we ask you to do, and if everybody does what they're supposed to do with their assignment, we'll be okay. I'm telling you, I've heard it. 
1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question tonight, what's most important to the Giants this year? Is it making the playoffs or is it getting a high draft pick? Before I get back to the phones, I just wanted to break this down. This is going to be, and I'm very curious to see how the Giants respond in this game. Because, and and once again, I know that as soon as Joe Burrow went down, Joe Judge started. And while usually coaches very rarely admit it, admit it, but they do talk about trap games, right? And what they do is they talk about it and they blame the media. Okay, Joe Burrow's out. So that means the media is going to think, going to talk to you about this being a trap game because you have prepared for Joe Burrow and now we're going to face Ryan Finley, who's going to make his first start of the season. In three career starts, he's got a pair of touchdowns and a pair of picks. So obviously, they're going to say that you're going to look past this game and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And obviously, obviously, that could be a possibility, right? Could it be? I mean, clearly, Joe Burrow has been, along with Justin Herbert, has been really guys who are making everybody look at their franchise quarterbacks and saying, huh, you know what? These guys are pretty good in their first year. You know, folks like the Jet fans and folks like, you know, Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears, the Bears fans and whatnot. So they're looking. So these guys have really, really played well. But the other part of this for Burrow and we'll see if Finley's able to do this, is his ability and the ability for them to connect with their receiving core. Okay? Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, and T. Higgins do a great job at spreading the field. And A.J. Green, obviously, obviously, I mean, last week, what, four catches for 41 yards and a touchdown? And he's done, he's played pretty good, A.J., against the Giants previously. Just checking on some numbers in his career. Four catches for 41 yards uh, and a touchdown. That was last week, right? Aims for his third in a row versus the Giants with seven-plus catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. And has a touchdown catch in two of his last three against the NFC East. But once again, that is obviously... You know, so we'll see. I mean, during the season, he's done well with Burrow. Some of that is with Andy Dalton. But for me, and this is where it's going to be interesting, and we'll see just how good this giant front is. Because for me, it's Bernard and Piran. Those running backs are going to be key 
because if the Bengals can run the football at all, because obviously what's the Giants going to do? If you're Coach Graham and the Giants defense, what you're going to do is you're going to stack the box. Okay, that's what you're going to do. You're going to load the box, and you're going to say, hey, Ryan Finley, beat me in the air. Let me see you make some connections. Let me see what you can do. Let me see. I dare you to throw the ball to try to beat me. I dare you. So you're going to stack the box. So what will uh, the Bengals do offensively to try to do some things to move the football? Because otherwise, you look at what the Giants have been able to do. Okay, and we talk a lot about Darius Slayton, and we talk about Sterling Shepard, and we talk about Golden Tate. And obviously, I always talk about Evan Ingram because I, I like him, and he's been a little frustrating if you're a Giant fan, but he makes plays. And when he does and he's focused, he's a difference maker. All right? At the tight end spot, size and speed, he's too, big for, he's too, fast, for, uh, he's too fast for a linebacker. He's too big for, he's too big for a, a corner. And the safety, you're pulling him off the, out of the, you know, possibly out of the box if you're trying to block the run. But it's been, it's been the emergence of Wayne Gallman these past few games. And there's no coincidence that his ability to run the ball effectively, and I'm not talking about 100, 150 yards, but just to run the ball effectively. I mean, look what he did last week, uh, the bye week for them. 53 yards and two scores. And what does Greg Buttle always talk about on the Jets' fifth quarter show? If you run the ball, you have to be able to run the ball in the red zone. And that's what he's been able to do. He's been able to run the ball in the red zone when the area gets constricted and it's hard to get passes in there because you got it's a small area. And that's what they've been able to do. So that's what has made this such an interesting situation here. That's part of the reason, along with the fact that Oh, by the way, Daniel Jones runs the ball too. He's been the leading rusher these past in their two wins. His ability to pull the ball down and run and stretch the defense and make some plays and hold on to the football and not get it poked out. I'm telling you, the Giants are playing very, very well of rate. Richardson, Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. By the way, Giants are five-point favorites. When was the last time the Giants wow. went on the road and were five-point favorites against anybody? Yeah, you're right. So I guess Vegas likes them. Now, these games are like playoff games. That game Sunday, two weeks, uh, ten days ago, mm-hmm. uh, that Philly game, that yes. was like a first-round playoff game. Absolutely. And this Absolutely. Sunday, same thing. Giants can't take them lightly. It's a home nope. game for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sitting down. This is. I mean, I don't know. I don't care about the records. I don't care about fans in the stand. I don't care about any of that stuff. They fired the uh, offensive line coach. I'm just ready to watch the Giants keep moving, keep playing, yeah. keep moving. Absolutely. Larry, I saw another line today. The other uh, tomorrow night. Uh, no, Thursday night. Pittsburgh ten and zero. Against Baltimore, six and four. Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh is at home, and they're only a four-point favorite. Is that because of the rivalry? I think that's part of it, and um, I, I'm I'm just you know it was surprising to me it could move again. We'll check on it tomorrow. Ten and but, zero is uh, kind of powerful, isn't it? It is. It is. But they've been they've been in in close games, 
So I think people are wondering, people are saying, you know what, if this is the, if they're going to lose one, it could be to Lamar Jackson, who's given them some issues, giving their defense some issues. Oh, in there's history. Games. Larry, you brought up Latrell Sprewell. Boy, yes. that guy brings back great memories. That guy played hard. You know, yes, it's funny. They talk about the Nick teams with Oakley and, you know, uh, you know the tough guys. Sure. That makes it, but mm-hmm. you never hear anybody talk about Sprewell. He was the impetus of that team. See, now... If Russell Westbrook could be like a Sprewell, but of course the Knicks had more talent then. Right. Totally different kind of players. But Sprewell, when he came here, three or four years, he was unbelievable. Wow. And and like Spike said, you know, in those days, you're talking 22, 20 20 years ago, defense was so important. That guy gave his all on defense all the time. He did. Wow. Absolutely. Hard-nosed player, tough player. He had a glare on him. I mean, he really was a, He was like a Bernard King. He never smiled on the court. No. But, you know, he had a little bit of a reputation, and he said mm-hmm. the wrong things every so often. So he got mm-hmm. a bad rap. But that guy, boy, that guy brought it all the time. And, you know, he never gets mentioned with former Nick players. You know, never. Yeah, and, and it's it's interesting point you make, Richard, and thanks pleasure for the phone too, call. Larry. Always a pleasure. Same here. Uh, it, it's interesting because that team got to the finals. Him and Chris Childs and... Allen Houston, Larry Johnson, uh, no Patrick Ewing on that team because of injury, but you know Chris Camby. But the, the, that team was the team that followed after the 90s team that became so successful. Okay, that's the Pat Riley's gone team. <laughs> so unfortunately, they don't get the same, uh, they're not linked the same way because that team, those mid-90s teams were identified because of the way how they battled with the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. So there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a lore about those teams. There's a, there's, there's a vision. There's, there's almost a fantasy look at those teams because and these we talk about those teams. I say it all the time. We talk about those Nick teams like they won a championship because they went toe to toe with Jordan. And and to the Nick fan, okay, nobody battled the Bulls like the Knicks did. Nobody, even though we came up short, even though the Knicks came up short, they they would go at least six or seven games. Usually, they would. It, it's a dogfight. It's right down to the end. It we. You know, Nick, the Knicks tested them. You know, Nick fans used to say, we softened them up for everybody else. <laughs> and they still would win. But we took a lot out of them. And wild, and there was a mutual respect and a mutual hatred between those two teams. It was. So, Richard, you're right. And the one thing I will say about Latrell Sprewell is he took his, his redemption his opportunity for a second chance, and he really made the best of it. He was pretty much a, a solid player, played by the rules, didn't cause any trouble, didn't make any waves off the court, gave you everything he had on both ends. He did. And remember, he came here under some controversy. And people were like, oh, why didn't the Knicks get him? But that was, once again, part of them trying to re- retool, not rebuild, but retool 
along with Allen Houston and Chris Childs and like I said, Larry Johnson, as they start, they, they transcended. They, they, they went from that team to the late nineties teams that, uh, you know, with a healthy Patrick Ewing wins in 99. I just felt that way with a healthy Patrick Ewing. They beat the Spurs in 99. Get your thoughts on our poll question. What's most important to the giants this year? Is it making the playoffs or is it getting a great draft pick? And I was real curious about this when we talked about it uh, earlier with our in our pregame huddle because you're right in the middle as a Giant fan. Right? You're right there. You're like three wins, but we got a shot. And if we make it, that's great experience, right? That That's like... The young team is Daniel Jones getting to play in his first playoff. It's these guys getting to play in their first playoff. It's Golden Tate letting them know what it's like to be in the postseason from his days in Seattle. It's, you know, it's 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 fun. It's Joe Judge telling them because he's got all these, you know, all these Super Bowl rings and stuff. It's it, it's It's the experience of going through the run that you can't buy and people can't tell you about. Because even if they tell you about it, it's it's the nerves. It's faster than even the regular season is. It's every play matters times 10 because one play will send you home in a one-and-done situation. And when you have a young team, that experience is invaluable. So that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is, why are we going for one one and done and then we 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 need more we're not a team that's that's ready to win so we need some more draft choices so why would I'm I'm torn I don't know what I want us to win or lose because or suppose we get six wins but we lose the last we lose the we, we get five wins right going into the Cowboys and we lose to them the last day and now you know they beat us out now, we don't make the playoffs and we don't get a great draft pick. What are we doing? Because this is about rebuilding. We're about the long haul. All right, yeah, it's it's, it's 2020, but so what? In the words of Dave Rothenberg, I won a championship. And I'm not getting one this year, so why am I, why am I got this team with three wins even thinking about going to the playoffs? And there's many of you who laugh at the thought that the Giants could even make it to the postseason laughing. I see you all on Twitter, (laughs) please. You got to be kidding me. You must be joking. (laughs) Like, like, uh, at Frankie fire, NFC East 2020. He's got a, he's got Jim Moore playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. You remember that? Then we got NYC, to J-E-R-Z. Make the playoffs absurd. And he's laughing. Absurd. Here's our poll numbers. What's most important to the Giants this year? Make the playoffs or get a great draft pick? 60, almost 66% of you say make the playoffs. 34% of you say get a a great draft pick. Back to the phones. Kwasi is in the cab. Kwasi, you're next on 98.7. Hey, 
Yes, sir, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. How are you, my um, friend? You know, I'm of the opinion that um, they need to uh, tank out because making the playoffs is not really going to help them. Even the experience, they need to beef up the offensive line. You know, the quarterback is is, is not bad. You know, his his record and his reputation is mostly based on that offensive line they have. You know, they, they couldn't even give Saquon room to pick up two, three yards at a pop, you know? And that is to me is more important. Get the picks and maybe even trade down and beef up the, the line. And when Saquon comes back next year, I, I think their quarterback, he's ready to go. You know what I mean? That, that's more important in my opinion. That's what he needs to do. So you What's like Daniel Jones, Kwasi, or you don't like Daniel Jones? Oh, I like I like Jones. Okay. You know, he seems to be getting over fumbling the ball, you know. Mm-hmm. He can run. Mm-hmm. He's got a good arm. He's very mm-hmm. tough. You know, he just needs some help up front, you know. It's not all on him, you know. Mm-hmm. The game is starting to slow down for him a, a lot more, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. So they could just beef up the line, give him some more time, not just for him, just for Saquon as well when he comes back, you know. You have a runner like that going for two yards, three yards. It's ridiculous. You well, know? I will say this, Kwasi, and, and thanks for the phone call. Always good hearing from you. I will say this. The offensive line has played better in these last two, three weeks. It's played better. And so, uh, and I think part of that has been Nick Gates at center. You know, he's kind of solidified that line. And uh, so they are doing better with the line. I I don't know that you can see at this point with the players, and I hear what you're saying, Kwasi, but at this point with the players, I don't think they can. They're not in a – first of all, let me make this clear. They're never in a tanking mode. Even the Jets who haven't won a game, the players are not in a tanking mode. They want to win. They're not out there to, to lose. They're not playing to lose. You play to lose, you get hurt. They're playing to win. Now, if there's a, a, a game where the score is insurmountable, that's that might be a different story, knowing that we're not winning this week, so it's about making sure that I'm healthy and get off the field to play next week. But nobody, no player is looking at this like tanking. And when you have been in every game except for the Frisco game, as a giant, as a giant player, you're relishing this opportunity to continue to build. And you've won a couple of games. You don't want to stop now. You've gotten that taste of winning, and you want to keep it because it feels real good. <laughs> Chris is in Manhattan. Hey, Chris, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, can you hear me? Yeah, here you fine, Chris. What's up? Um, not too much. Uh, first, I want to say happy holidays, especially happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. I'm sure I'll talk to you before then. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to shout out my brother Trey. I hear he's doing big things. I haven't heard your thing yet, but I will. I um, guess I was just going to uh, comment on your uh, poll question, and mm-hmm. I think you really hit it on the head earlier. Um, I don't understand why you would go for what you might perceive as the higher draft pick as opposed to the experience of going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, simply put, 
whatever you're building, you're building to win a championship, right? Yep. So no, so no matter how you get into the playoffs, once you get into the playoffs, you can be a million to one. You got a shot, though, right? Yeah. And as you said before, there's a different level. Uh, now, mind you, it may just be the NFC East participant, but usually in the playoffs, there are no cupcakes. Mm-mm. That's one. The second thing is, again, like you said, that thing of every single play is now magnified. You can't have these little, you know, the the, the you know, as the Jets will often do. You can't have these little roughing the passers out of the blue. Twelve men you know on the I field. Mean? Huh? Twelve oh, men I on mean, the yeah. field. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I mean, and usually, you know, I mean, and this is what I do like about, you know, and I, I like this about Joe Judge, and it seems he's building culture. <clears throat> and if it's going to be a culture of winning, you need to learn how to win. Mm-hmm. One of the things is, as you said, being in close games, you know, one-score games, field goal, touchdown. As long as you get me to the fourth quarter as a coach, I'm like, here we go. Now we playing check. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but you have to be there in the end. You know, so you're learning how to win games. Then you start to learn how to stack those performances, you know, the consistency, you know, week in, week out, how you prepare. And then that playoff preparation i mean literally it almost seems like joe judge could walk in there like pat riley and be like look um any of y'all got rings like these <laughs> and put them right down and t- t- talk to me yeah so this is how sure. we're gonna do it you know what i'm saying so you know uh and then as a as a coaching staff you know you have you know you know you have jason garrett there i mean mm-hmm. so i mean as a coaching staff they get a chance you know i mean to work you know, together within a playoff situation where they, I mean, they've already been there, you know, but they haven't been there really together. Yep. You know, so I think it's a great experience, you know, for, you know, everyone within the, you know, organization. And having said that, depending on what your cap space is like, see, we keep skipping to the draft and there's a little way that you can help your team and it's called free agency. That's right. Absolutely right. Absolutely. All right, Chris, thanks for checking in, my friend. We'll talk. 1-800-919-3776. And that, that free agency, when you have, and once again, it's it's similar to like what the discussion is about the Knicks. So when you have the, the, the team that you've got now and you find a way to make the postseason and people look and they see what you're able to do, and they're not looking at the fact of well, everybody in the division was bad. They're looking at the fact of you played the best football at the right time, and now look where you are. You've got an opportunity to be in a spot where you can do some damage. And so now that makes free agents more attractive to you because they're like, huh, I like what Joe Judge is doing there. Not sure I want to go with the Belichick in rules, but I like what he's doing there. And I'll deal with that if it gives me a chance to win. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Our poll question tonight, what's most important to the New York football giants this year? Is it to make the playoffs or is it to get a great draft pick? 
So far, almost 67% of you are looking forward to making the playoffs. The rest of you want a great draft pick. And I think at this point, with three wins and the possibility of getting four, your choice at a great draft pick gets worse and worse. (laughs) It's not in great shape now. Because even in your division, everybody's got three wins. Everybody. Everybody. So that's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. It really is. It really, really is. But um, we've had some interesting calls on it. You're welcome to join us at 1-800-919-3776. But let's see what's going on in the world today, shall we, Brian? Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. Another chilly day. Let's start with some baseball. You know, the Yankees have until December 2nd to tender Gary Sanchez's contract or he becomes a free agent. A lot of discussion about this young man. He hit 147, struck out 64 times of the 156 at-bats last season before being benched in the postseason, including in a deciding win or go-home game. Now, Aaron Boone was on the Yes Network as part of their hot stove game, and here's his comments on the struggles of Gary Sanchez. Well, I would say it's a really hard game. And like I said, with Glaber being a young player, Gary came up at a very demanding position, the most demanding position on the field. And especially when you're the level of talent that he is offensively and you carry a load that he does offensively, there's inevitably going to be some growing pains that go along with becoming a major league catcher. And I think he's been unfairly criticized a lot. Um, I think at times it's over the top and people are blinded by some of the things that he's done really well. You know, this year was certainly a challenging year for him and, and a struggle for him in a lot of ways, but that's okay. I mean, that's that's part of the game. You know, sometimes you have a tough season and this this season was tough for so many people across the league for different reasons, but we understand that Gary is a major talent and while he struggled in certain areas, he's also made amazing strides in certain areas. And again, like with all our players, it's important that we continue to come alongside and hopefully continue to develop him to be the player that so many of us believe he can be. Now, Aaron Boone knows this as a reality. Sports is about production. You're not producing, you're going to be criticized. Okay, remember, Aaron Boone benched him for Higashioga in a win or go home game. That's all you need to know. According to the Yes Network's Jack Curry, DJ LeMahieu is coveting a five-year, $100 million deal after outplaying his two-year, $24 million contract. This past season, DJ finished top three in the MVP race, leading the majors with a 364 batting average with 10 homers and 27 RBI in 50 games. Hey, coach, want him back? think he knows how I feel about him, um, certainly knows how our organization feels about him, certainly understands, I think, how New York feels about him and our fan base feels about him. We'll see. You know, I've had some contact with him, uh, just text messaging with him a little bit, checking in, and I don't have to say, uh, you know, how, how much it would be great to have him back, but he's earned the right to, to be in a position to be a free agent. That's one of the best players in the sport, and uh, he's earned that and, and should take advantage of that. Just a side note, by the way, I'm not happy that Charlie Morton signed with Atlanta one year, $15 million. They're, they're, They've solidified their starting pitching, which could have been considered maybe a weak point for them. Uh, not, not happy about that as a Met fan. All right, let's move to the NBA. Obi Toppin, 
Boy, he can infuse so much life into an organization desperate to become relevant again. In the in at Dayton, gave you 27 and 5 on 36% shooting and 39 from three. Now remember, the Knicks haven't made the playoffs since oh God, 2013. So he appeared, Obi did on the Michael K show today, and he talked about, you know what? Looking forward to playing at the Garden in the Big Apple. You know, any team in the NBA is is a big stage just because you're playing in front of a a national-wide television uh, sport. Like, everybody in the world watches the NBA. So wherever you go is going to be national uh, televised. And and being in New York, like, who wouldn't want to be in New York? Like, this is the mecca of basketball. Like, everybody is the big apple. Like, basketball is, is breeded here. And, and me having the opportunity to play, play in this amazing city, uh, the city I was born in, it's, it's a blessing. And, and I wouldn't know who wouldn't, wouldn't want to uh, play here. Oh, I can think of a couple of people who wouldn't want to play here, and they didn't. So, Obi, what did it feel like getting drafted by your hometown team? I'm going to be honest with you, I couldn't even explain it. It was just, it was just an unreal uh, feeling. Um, like talking about it right now just gives me goosebumps and and me having the opportunity to be in in front of a place where I grew up passing every single day and and watching them every single day like me having the opportunity to see myself on that screen it was a blessing would be nice if he had some other folks to play with but we'll see I still don't think the Knicks have finished I still think they're going to do some other things possibly but you know what? I keep hearing people dogging them about the free agent people. When you look at the free agents that were available this year and that are still available, it's not a big list. The heavy-duty free agent list is next season. What we've been talking about is actually part of our poll question. Big week ahead for the Giants, Cowboys, and Washington playing on Thanksgiving Day, going head-to-head. Meanwhile, the G-Men taking on the Bengals. Keyshawn Johnson was on the Michael K show, and he says boldly, confidently, he knows he's going to win the NFC East. You watch. It's going to be the Giants. The Giants are going to shock everybody. I'm glad you brought that up because it's been suggested in some circles. Because if the Giants finish 6-10 and and win the division, they would not draft as a 6-10 and team. They would be put into a playoff team, which would lose several spots in the draft. And you hear some people say, ah, you know what, if that's don't don't win the division, finish 5-11, and 6-10, get the better pick. I, I, I think it's ridiculous. As embarrassing as it might be to go to the playoffs, 6-10, how valuable would that be for that team to get that experience? It's very valuable. You get all that experience. You have an opportunity to learn how to learn how to play in the playoffs. You win in. You know what it's going to be like. All, all Just all that. More games you play. Games you play, the more experience you get. No question about it. I agree with Keyshawn. Daniel Jones, how good is he? Is he good enough to advance them if they make it to the postseason? Is he good enough to get them to the postseason? Well, our quarterback guru, Dan Olofsky, was on Greeny today, you know, Monday through Fridays at 1 here on 98.7 ESPN. He says Daniel Jones just doesn't have to be great. He just needs to be good. What I'm saying with Daniel Jones and why I think that, like, he's in the best place is because he just has to play good. There is not the necessity for Daniel Jones to play really, really, really good or great football because this is a team offensively that's probably got the second-best skill group out of the, that that division. You're talking about Shep and Golden Tate and Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram. So you've got guys to get the ball to behind Dallas. They'd be second in the division. And then 
they've got the most consistent and reliable defense. And their defense has been trending towards being like a top third defense in the league. And so you just need good, solid football from Daniel Jones. And that's Top Stories. Thank you, Mr. Ty, Brian, and Jake. This is ESPN New York Tonight.